Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart. The been thinking about McDonald's all day, can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. This is Shaquille Burr, and you're listening to the Mads Fans for Life podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drive it. Here he is in the corner, Luca. Oh, damn. How did he do it? How did he do it? That is Luca Magic. No, 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 no. I take my chances. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up three pointers. Welcome back for another episode of the Mavs Fans July podcast. We have another bonus episode. We have a two-episode week this week with a very special guest. I'm your host, Nate Sanchez. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Michael Terrazas. And since we have a big, we have a big guest on, uh, the owner of the of the page, uh, Landon, is also on. And our very special guest, as we've teased uh, all week, is uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, Shaquille Barrett, who is coming off not not a, not too bad of a season in Tampa Bay. But the reason he's on the Mavs Fans Why podcast, he's also a big Mavs fan. So, how are you doing, Shaq? I'm good. What's going on, y'all? I appreciate y'all reaching out, having me on the show, man. I love my Mavs. I love talking about my Mavs. Now, I, I guess to start off, I was curious. So once we, uh, once I found out we were going to have you on on the show, uh, I I dug a little bit into your into your background and it, what's the connection to Dallas? Why are you Mavs fan? So my brother used to play with them on a game when I was growing up, and I started liking them. From that, and then it was Nash and Dirk and Finley. So I started liking them from my brother playing with them on a game. I, I feel like everyone loves the teams that are that are fun to to play with in, in the in like two K and and all <laughs> yeah. that. Stuff. I, I'm sure Dirk and Nash were a lot of fun to play with on those games. Yeah, most definitely, man. Nash is my, probably my favorite point guard. Nash, my favorite point guard. So yeah, you, yeah, you know the Mavericks, everything, man. They had everybody mad to let Nash go. He's yeah, I mean, they're, they're the number one team in Dallas, man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We ain't worrying about no Cowboys anytime soon. <laughs> hey, don't say that to Lando or Nate, man. They're, they're Cowboys fans, man. Uh, but, hey, I mean, I'm a Colts fan. We're going to be seeing you this year, man. I don't know if y'all really want to see us, but 
It's on the schedule, so they got it. Hey, man, we uh we don't have a left tackle, so yeah, we don't want to see you. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah, Jack's looking his job to show the tackle the Colts are gonna throw at him. Right. How how is it being? You know, having that feeling of being a Super Bowl champion, man. Oh, that's amazing, man! Like, and I told everybody the best thing about winning the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl parade, celebrating with all the fans, man. Just seeing everybody come out and just see how many people support and like just happy that we won it and we did it. And I'm just like so happy that we was able to do it for them, man, because it wasn't too many bright spots and uh, the COVID here. And I'm happy we was able to brighten up the year a little bit for everybody, for all the Tampa fans. Now, uh, now I, I assume with um, when Tom Brady was throwing the the, the trophy for, from the boat. Now, do we know what the backup plan was? If they drop the trophy, or do you just trust the greatest quarterback ever is going to make make that throw? Because that that was a pretty important throw. What what happens if the Lombardi ends up in the bottom of in the bottom of the water? Somebody would hire some divers. <laughs> they had to go get it, but the divers come out of it everywhere. Uh huh. They probably had everybody trying to get their own scuba gear, trying to get it and taking it and keeping it for themselves. Now, now, what one of the one of the things I wanted to get into with you, um, related to your career, and also there, there's kind of a map. There's a Mavs tie here. Um, so you were undrafted, and uh, and there's some important Mavs that are undrafted that have made great careers out of themselves or great, made great careers for themselves. And you obviously have done the same. Uh, and, I mean, no better example than Dorian Finney Smith, who's been playing some great basketball for the Mavericks recently. And his story is amazing coming up as an undrafted guy. And he's, he's earned everything he's gotten in the NBA. Uh, talk about the perspective of an undrafted player and, what it's like and what you have to go through to build up, build yourself up for a career, because I'm sure you can personally relate to, to Dorian Finney-Smith and Maxi Kleba pretty strongly. Yeah, man. So as I draft guy, it's literally like, you got to do everything. Like they use you for football terms. They use you on scout team. They use you for special team. They use you for defense. They use you for scout team on offense. Like they put you everywhere. You got to do it. You got to get your max effort. And it just makes you hungry to show them what you can do. It just put another chip on your shoulder. Like, working hard is good. It's perfect. Like, all the work you got to put in. But, you know, like, this is not what you want to do your whole career. You want to carve out your role on the team. You want to be a, a starter. Or you want to be a key role player on the team. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work my way up. But I knew initially coming in that I had to do all that stuff. That was the way I had to feed my family. And that's all I was uh, trying to do was um, – feed my family, get some security, some stability for my family so we could be taken care of. But, like, it's literally you got to work. Like, there's no choice but to work when you undrafted, man, because all eyes are still looking at you. Rather, it's when you actually playing defense or when you playing scouting, like, everybody's always looking because the film is being recorded, so they're going to take a look at you no matter what you're doing. So it's like you just can't stop working, man. Like, no matter how tired you get, like, you got to fight through that fatigue. And if you're too tired, you're like, you know, it'll come out because you don't want to put nothing bad on film because they can hold that against you. And like, man, it's, it's a real chip on your shoulder when you've been an undrafted guy, man. You got to really work. And it also, it just drives you too because you know what you want to become and you know what you want to do. And now that I'm where I want to be at, I 
can give the advice to the other undrafted people, even just to the younger guys in general, so I can show them the right way to do things and like the path that you have to carve out for yourself, no matter where you get drafted at or where you come in at, like you still have to work. Absolutely. Go ahead, Michael. Coming from a professional athlete standpoint, I mean, obviously this year has been the craziest. Uh, So coming from a professional athlete, what was it like going through that season, not only of just mental and physical fatigue, but also having to go through all of the protocols that went in with COVID uh, being here? So it was, it was a lot, man, for sure. Like, being home all the time, like you go to work, go home, and that's the whole day. Family at home all the time. They can't go interact with other people. So that that was the biggest sacrifice. Like my family had to stay home and not be able to do anything while I'm going to work and I'm getting other interaction, other interaction with other people besides my family. But that was like the biggest thing. And then having having to test every day, getting to join up your nose every day. It, it sucked, but it was what we signed up for. Like, man, I know if it was a football season that I wanted to play, it's not like sitting out was going to help me become a better football player. It wasn't going to help me get closer to any of my goals. So I knew football being played, I'm going to suck it up, do whatever it is that needs to be done so I could be able to play. Because I know I'm not sitting out. Oh, no, yeah, I know I'm trying to become one of the best in my position, and sitting out is going to hurt any and every chance of me doing it. And you're certainly one of the best at your position right now, man. Trust me. Trust me. You, you, <laughs> I you appreciate are. it. You are. Trust appreciate me. Me and my friends are scared for when that game comes. But, I mean, <laughs> it, it is somewhat difficult because, you know, I, I cover that team as well, and I hear stories that you just don't want to leave your house to go to the facility to get that thing just stuck up your nose. But you have to to be able to be eligible to play on Sundays. It. It's a toll on Thanksgiving. You got to leave. Well, I mean, that was, mm-hmm. I can't speak for anyone else, but leaving on Thanksgiving, Christmas. And I can't even think what it's like for basketball right now. Continuous plane rides. I mean, hotels getting in and out. And it's, I commend these guys, man. I, com- <laughs> I commend these professional athletes going through all this, man. Y'all are, y'all are human beings at the end of the day. But then when you get home, you got to be super husband, super wife, super mom, super dad. So, man, I, I commend you as a person, Shaq, for all the struggles that is going through this. But, man, you you are one strong man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It most definitely been inconvenient at times on off days where I live about 30 minutes away. I got to drive there on off days just to drive back and get the thing up my nose. But, like... It was all like it's worth it now, and I wanted to make it worth it. Like that's why I'm happy I was able to win a Super Bowl because it makes it worth it. Like yeah, at least it ain't for a four and twelve season. It's for a Super Bowl championship season, so it was worth it in the long run. Now, uh, now getting into the Mavs a little bit, what are your thoughts on the maturation of Luca? Because obviously, right now he's one. He's had 15 technicals. He's gotten 15 technical fouls this year. He's one technical away from uh, getting an automatic one-game suspension. When you're maturing as an athlete, I mean, he, he has to learn to control his emotions a little bit better. Can you speak on that? Yeah, most definitely, man. So it is like a process of growing up and understanding what's going on because. <laughs> like you watch it, he do cry a lot, he whine a lot. And I saw that he did address it. And uh so he know that 
not the way he want to be uh, representing himself on the uh, court. And it would help to have like a veteran guy there to show him the way, uh, show him the ropes. And it's like, we really don't have no veteran, veteran guy. We all young over there. Well, they all young over there. And it's not like no guy who's been in his superstar caliber type shoes to be able to show him the ropes. So he's going to learn and he's still learning. He's going to get it down. And I have no doubt that like this probably be the last that we talk about Luka with a tech problem. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he seems like the type of guy that, to learn from his mistakes and try and grow from it. And now, and now, and you of all people can attest, you know, the importance of experienced leaders on it, on a team. And you, I mean, no shots at Jameis Winston. He's a, he's a great player and he's a younger, but he's a younger guy. And then you jump to the complete other end of the spectrum when Tom Brady comes to town. So, I mean, I obviously, I mean, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay players can all speak to, clearly speak to the importance of veteran leadership on a team, especially one of the greatest leaders in sports history in Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, man. Acquiring uh, Tom was big for us, man. And like Jameis, he was a great leader. He did everything the right way. He came in. He was still one of the first guys and last guys out. But it was different because you had Tom. He'd been in every situation. He didn't panic or anything. And he always knew the right play to make. And he always made the right play. And just that leadership on the field and then off the field, him talking talking to every guy on the team, he uh, including everybody. So it's just uh, easy to feed off a man for every guy on the roster. When you see the best quarterback in the history of football doing that, man. So you just want to do your part and do and pick up the slack wherever there's any slack at and just help the team be better, man. And just everybody work on our camaraderie. Uh, brotherhood and our camaraderie now because that's like the biggest thing that helps separate um championship team or afc championship team nfc championship team from a super bowl team we had Derek harper on last week and he was vocal about maturity leadership veteran i mean nate and, and lando know i've been advocating for kyle lowry to come to dallas uh, <laughs> he, he's he's got championship he's got grit he was making toronto so much better the perfect leader to come to Dallas, but he asked a great question. Look at the Mavericks roster. Who is the leader? You don't have a surefire leader. There's not one. So I definitely think it's definitely important to get someone like that. Luca is the face and there's going to be pressure for that, but 22 years old, you don't have it all together at 22 (laughs) years old. Let's just say that. I mean, LeBron had at 22 years old, man, that you can say what you want about those Cavs team, but they had some leaders on that team. Anderson Varejao was one of them, and he had some, some leadership. But my next question is about another undrafted guy, and this is Dorian Finney-Smith. He is mm-hmm. playing his best basketball of his career right now. I mean, I watched him last night. He's manhandling Kevin Durant. He's going up and getting rebounds, putbacks, flexing on everybody. Man, you ain't on my level. And, well, I was about to cuss <laughs> on this podcast, but you know, just, just doing all that stuff, man. So my question to you, Dorian – even if KP comes back, is he the biggest X factor on this team? Because I think playing the three, you got to get great production. And I'm seeing how this team is different when he's producing. Man, the biggest X factor, I think it'll come down to like Tim Hardaway maybe or Jalen Bronson. Because uh, we need that secondary ball handling and playmaking ability, man. And we know Luka going to give it to you. He's going to create. And Fanny, he playing amazing, man. But 
he he's consistent for the last few weeks, man, that I've been watching. I've been happy with the way our man's been playing. And I, I think he uh his his defense is gonna be everything for us though. I think he's gonna be the biggest defense X factor for us because he's gonna have to have the tough assignments and he's gonna have to try to limit them guys as much as possible. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I said something on similar to that on Twitter today. I mean, this is the best the Mavs have looked all year. And it's no coincidence that this is also the best Tim Hardaway's been all year because, I mean, he's 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 one of the bigger hot and cold microwave players in the entire NBA. Where, I mean, he besides Luke, I, I genuine he's the only other guy on the Mavs, including KP, that's capable of going for forty on a night. I mean, he's I mean he had forty two he had forty two last week. And then he had 36, I think, against the Heat. Hit, hit 10 threes, tied a Mavs franchise record for most threes in a game. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think Hardaway is the X factor because the Mavs need a third star, I still think, like down the road. And KP can be that second star. But mm-hmm. when Hardaway plays, and he's not – I mean, he's, he's a role guy, so he's not going to consistently be like this. But when Hardaway is playing well, he can be close to that – level of a guy where you can you you don't want to count on 25 a night for Hardaway but he's your your next guy that that's capable of having 30 on a given night yeah yeah but I agree with that man he like you could he's playing so confident man and when you're playing confident and having fun with it you could tell man the same like our locker room in there they becoming like they're getting that brotherhood they having fun enjoying each other's time out there man they talking to each other and Seems like they not scared to like talk to somebody after a bad play to like try to see what was going on. And that's what you gotta have if you wanna be a successful team. To, you gotta be able to talk to your star players and like tell them like, no, nah, you can't be doing that. It's, your star players should be able to talk to anybody else without feelings being hurt. So I think that's what uh, it's been looking like the last couple of games and last couple of weeks. And you can tell by like how good it's going because the wins and losses. Yeah, and, and my personal favorite is <laughs> I noticed it a couple times in the Heat game. Whenever, uh, whenever you know Hardaway is hot and he's feeling himself. Whenever he starts to, whenever he turns into Heat check Hardaway, when he starts mm-hmm. in the Heat, <laughs> and he'll he'll pull up from thirty. Well, well, there, Luca will dribble up and he'll kick over to him on the wing, and then it'll just be and he'll pull just a crazy shot from thirty and. Is heat checks all don't always pan out great. No, I will say that. But it, it is fun. Whenever Hardaway is hot, he then he turns into heat check Hardaway. He, he'll take some shots where you're like, man, I, he's hot, I guess. Let, let him have a heat check here. Mm-hmm. I'll be sending him heat checks after one shot go one, too. Exactly. <laughs> like, go, ahead, like, go ahead and heat check oh, after one. You good? Exactly. You got something, Michael? I mean, Tim Hardaway – I've been vocal at the same time when Tim Hardaway is on his game, when everyone is doing what they're supposed to do and Tim Hardaway's going off. I've been very vocal, but that this Dallas team, I don't even care if it's the Lakers at full strength. This Dallas team will be hard to beat. If Luca's doing his thing, KB's doing his thing, but Tim coming off the bench and giving you 20 plus that I'm sorry. I got love for, LeBron and and Glass AD, but I hey, this team is going to be hard to beat in my opinion. But when I look at Dorian Finney-Smith, 
I just feel like this team is on another level right now because I'm seeing things from Dorian I haven't seen in his career. He's getting physical, not just on defense, but I just watched that game against Kevin Durant. He manhandled Kevin Durant. That's what he did. Kevin Durant is like, what, four inches taller than him? He's, I mean, he's Elastaman, and, I mean, he reaches over everyone, and Dorian Finney-Smith is not, he's staying in front of him. Dorian Finney-Smith, obviously the defensive championship belt, earned it. But when I look at everything he's doing, is stepping his game up, rebounding, not hesitating on his shots anymore, ball handling now, crazy. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> turning, he's turning so good, man. I mean, maybe it's just the fandom in me that just wants to give him a little bit more shine because he deserves it. But I agree with you, Shaq. I mean, Jalen, he's got to stop with these dumb shots, man. I mean, it's kind of like with Tim as well. You just come up and you just, <laughs> you know, just like, come on. Like, it, with Tim – He'll die and live by the three. I mean, he'll go one Mm -hmm. for 11, but he will keep on shooting it. He can get as hot as anyone, as cold as anyone. But, hey, again, if this Mavs team matches up against the right people, I love their shot to get to the Western Conference Finals. He's heat check hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Fanny Smith, he most definitely been playing, like, some different ball, like I said, like creating for itself once in a while. Now, I never used to see that from Kenny Smith. Well, yeah, Shaq, let's, let's, let's get into – y'all mentioned full strength, right? The Mavs at full strength. Let's, let's get into Kristaps Porzingis. Um, so, so Kristaps, Chris he's averaging 20 and 9 when he's healthy. Um, he, he's only played 40 games this season. Um, he's played the most game in the season his rookie year. Um, do you think when the Mavs are at full strength, do you think Chris Stops is the the sidekick, the um, you know the second best player on a championship type team with Luka Doncic? Y'all can still see me. I just yeah, all right. My yeah. jump head went out for a second, but yeah, I think uh, KP most definitely it, man. Like the top of the key three. The pose, he catch and shoot over anybody in a low pose, and then just getting the rebounds, man. I think the rebound, him rebounding and playing defense, affecting the defense is going to help us out a lot. And if he able to do that, he's going to be able to take us as far as he go. Because you know, Luca going to give us his near triple double stats every night, and you could pretty much count on that. And then we just need our second and third options to step up and be ready to fill in where Luca drop off at a little bit. Because, you know, Luka, he can – I mean, he can do it, but he ain't going to be dropping 35 every night, 40 every night. We need 25 from Luka, and then KP could drop in another 20, 25, and he good for 30 sometimes too. So, if KP healthy and ready to go, man, he most definitely going to be like the – the. I, I mean, I, you can't say that, though, because the way they just played against the Nets without KP was like crazy, though. So That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying, like – Maybe, like, maybe, but we just need him to be consistent. He don't got to drop 20. He just got to make 40 to 50% of his shots and we'll be all right. Yeah, and, and especially you're seeing how good this Mavs team can be recently and you get the way they're playing, you know. I mean, Hardaway's really picked up the slack with uh, with KP out, and you can only imagine how once they get KP and Maxi back, that then you're starting to really, really like what this team can become. And uh, and now here's the thing. 
We've seen what this Mavs team can do against good teams. They've had their fair share of struggles against bad teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, whenever they play the whenever the Kings play the Mavericks, they turn into the <laughs> bulls. Um, but I mean, this this has been such a fun team because they're so up and down and inconsistent. Where man, they beat they beat the brakes off of Brooklyn. I mean, they, they they didn't blow them out, but that was a convincing win. I would not be one bit shocked if they turn around tonight and lose to Cleveland. Maybe, I mean, I mean the way this season's been, and and you know, no, if they lose to Cleveland, we're going to have problems. We are going to have problems. I mean, you should not lose to Cleveland. That, that, that's nah. the consistency you need from a from a younger team that like comes with maturity. I guess that's another thing you could speak on as a professional athlete when you play lesser teams. Like, let's say you're the Buccaneers and you, you have, I don't know the the Jets on the schedule coming up or something like that. And no shade at the Jets. I was just throwing out so, so many <laughs> that uh, you know you're better than, that you know you're better than. I mean, what, what goes into that preparation of trying to, you know, you know, make sure you're ready and stay focused, even though you know you are absolutely the better team and make sure that you're on high alert still, just as you would if you were playing the Chiefs versus the Jets. So uh, our coaching pretty much step in right there. They make sure they highlight all of their guys and make sure that we know that they're not slouches, that they can score, they can put points up on people. And we just go into practice and we just go just do our job, like treat it like a normal week. But we know that they don't supposed to be on the field with us per se. And we know that we could be able to run a score up on them and keep them from scoring a touchdown, maybe limit them to field goals or something. So we do have like pretty lofty goals when we play teams that we know that we're a little bit better than so that we pretty much keep challenging ourselves. We don't want to come in there and sleep on them and end up like we was playing the Falcons. We They was playing bad, but they ended up going up on the 17-0 at halftime. We ended up coming back and beating them. But it's like it's the coaches, they, they get us ready for, but it's still on us to make sure we bring the energy uh, on them, uh, them game days, man. Because you could tell when the energy down a little bit, you could feel it. And the score usually or the gameplay usually, uh, like, tell you that, like, yeah, they're just not in it right now. So you just got to make sure you're bringing that energy, make sure your leaders are leading. And if you see them bringing that energy, it's up to everybody else to uh, follow them. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that, a lot of that is coaching. You got something, Michael? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to get back to KP real quick because speaking with professional athletes, you – you learn a side of the game that you just don't think about as a casual fan. And with KP having the injury issues he's had, 
sometimes I feel like he's really just trying to get through this year without an injury. And that's kind of maybe affected his play. He's not as aggressive on the rebounds as we've seen. He's not as aggressive driving to the hole. He's, he's being very careful, very cautious. And does that creep into your head Shaq, to, to your knowledge, to your experience as an athlete, you know, coming off of a major injury or any kind of injury, you're just like, okay, I need to, I really hope on this next play, I don't take the wrong step. I don't, you know, or my technique is off. Can that creep into your head and have an effect on your play? Yeah, for me, it hasn't happened, but I would think if I had like a, a ACL one year and then the next year it had something else, like, man, no, I got to be a little bit more cautious, man. I'm trying to play the whole year out and try to play good ball the whole year. So it most definitely could creep into your uh, mental when you're consistently being hurt and there's, like, big injuries. And, like, me, like, I keep – like, in practice, I make sure I'm being super careful in practice. I ain't trying to get hurt in practice. I stay out of the piles, out of the roll-ups and stuff like that. So in game time, I'm just ready to go in game time. I just hit it in game time. I usually do the same thing. I stay out of piles. I don't never like I, I try to minimize injury as much as possible, but uh, it most definitely could creep into your head, man, when you got an injury history and like it's for stuff that you can't even really control. So you try to control the stuff that you can't control by not jumping up to get the rebound and rolling on somebody's foot, and twisting an ankle or something like that. So I can understand that a little bit. Now, t- t- tell me if you agree with this. One of my most frustrating one of the things that frustrates me the most of anything on Mavs Twitter, Twitter in general, is when people dog athletes for, or they'll call them soft for sitting out with an injury. And KP gets that label all the time. He's soft. He's sitting out games. I feel like he's, <laughs> he wants to be out there. I mean, he is a competitor at the highest level in the entire world. He wants to be out there. So tell me if you agree with that take, because I – I mean, I, I don't understand that hate that he gets where people think they know, like, like he wants to be out there. And I feel like a lot of this is the bad scheme doctors making these decisions. You know, I, I, I just, I think a lot of that hate that he gets is extremely misguided because again, I know he wants to be out there. He's a competitor again. At the highest mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it is like a select, select, select few guys who don't mind sitting out of games and collecting a paycheck. I don't think KP is one of them guys, man, especially when he could help the team win and uh, contribute a lot to the team. I most definitely think he want to be out there. He want to play. He want to contribute. And uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of the times it's the, uh, the, the medical staff telling you to sit out because they want to make sure they're managing it right. But – he no, nah, he he want to be out there. I don't think he's soft for sitting out games. He's like he do got an injury history, so you got to be a little bit more cautious. Maybe for another year or so, make sure he like injury free, and then once he proves that he's injury free for a little bit, then just let him go out there and do his thing. Yeah, and, and you also have to remember that you know he's got a unique body that they need to take care of and manage. I mean, he's seven foot three, and I mean. Generally, larger guys in the NBA have injury problems. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you're seven foot or above, and I mean, he's he's seven foot three. I mean, he's he's got he's got a lot of stuff he has to manage. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, the bigger guys. You most definitely got to be careful with them. 
Because, yeah, it's easy. I don't know why it's so much easier, but they always get hurt a lot easier than the smaller guys. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> here's, here's my opinion on the KP situation. I don't haven't talked to no sources or anything. I'm not in the NBA like I am within, in the NFL, but here's my opinion on KP. Seeing his demeanor in the game from what I see on television, uh, when the camera occasionally zooms in on him, he looks somewhat bothered, not by the team or he doesn't want to be there, but it's like it's like he's upset that he's sitting out. In my opinion, I honestly think the Mavericks are just holding him out onto the playoffs. That's my opinion. I mean, they keep talking about right knee soreness or something. I'm just, in my opinion, I think that's that's what they're doing. And me personally, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, when we face up against the Nuggets, man, I don't want, look, I love them. But I don't want <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein starting against Jokic. Come on. I mean, I, I love my guy, Willie, but come on, let's be real. And I, I think that's honestly what's happening. And of course, I mean, Shaq, you're in the game. The team doesn't always have to be up front. Hey, man, we're going to sit this guy out for the remainder, you know, so so forth and so on. And I think that's what's going on. They keep talking about, oh, he could be ready here. He could be ready there. It kind of tells me that it might not be an injury he's dealing with. He's just rehabbing, keeping himself in shape. And when it comes playoff time or maybe the last two games of the season, he'll get back some uh, playing time and he might be or he'll be ready to go for the playoffs. That, that's just my opinion. I, I, I think he has something small that he's just managing and making mm-hmm. sure it's right. And I, I do think he'll play. You, you want to get some regular season games under your belt before the playoffs. And so I'm sure we'll see some, we'll see some KP before the regular season ends. Right. Oh yeah. I'm on my, I think KP going to be bad. You always want to come back and get some type of rhythm going. Like for me, even like, you know, people don't like playing preseason games, but like, no, I wouldn't mind a preseason game or two to make sure I'm like, just got my rhythm going, got the flow going. Cause it's different than private practice. You could do good in practice as long as much as you want, but like, unless you actually had that game time and putting in them minutes in the game, you really don't have that confidence. So he was definitely going to be back for a little bit. And I mean, I think he should be back for a little, for a little bit in a couple of games. Hold on one second. Did, did... Did Michael just say he loves his guy, Willie Colley Stein? <laughs> do we, do we need say, to go back to the previous I wouldn't podcast say episodes? my guy like I have a <laughs> my guy in the draft. I told you that. about Willie Colley Stein. Dude, he can't defend nobody, man. <laughs> He's been balling lately, though. <laughs> I ain't no Colley Stein fan hey, at man, all. They, they've been balling lately, but... He's been balling gotta, lately, though. Do we have to remember how Harrison Barnes did Willie Colley Stein dirty? Do, do we have to go back to the many times where he has these freakishly long arms and somehow freaking the smallest guard on the team gets a layup on him? Like, do we got to go back to that? <laughs> I can't get down. Wait. I mean, I, I like him. I was happy when we brought him over, but he just ain't show me nothing more, man. Like, yeah. he always getting scored on, like, on little guys with layups. I'm like, oh, yeah, he going to block. Damn. Like, come I, on, man. When I'm, when I'm watching the game, <laughs> I purposely look away when I see Willie Colley Stein guarding another big. I purposely just, man, just hurry up and score. Go ahead so we can get back to the next possession. That's how it was with Dwight Powell. But, you know, people change. They get better as the season goes along. They go with trends. What are you talking about? They get better. He's Dwight Howard. right now. Wait, Dwight Powell or Dwight Howard did you just say? No, that's that's how it was with Dwight Powell earlier in the season. I thought you said Dwight Howard. I'm like, Lando, Dwight Powell no. can all throw. Like, 
Okay. No, but <laughs> Dwight Powell, he's been training just like Willie Colley Stein. Man, he, hey. he came back from an injury, though, man. Colley Stein ain't well, lost no true. injury. Dwight <laughs> bringing that energy right now, though. He's, I love what he's been doing, but Willie Colley Stein, man, I'll put Nate out there at center and see what he can do, man. I, that's just. You do not want me out there at center. You do Look, not. I can go to the court down the street and play some pickup basketball, but going up against an actual athlete, man, I literally think I will pop an Achilles trying to guard someone out there. Like, no. But no I, do, I, I do want to bring it back, Shaq. Um, so the NFL, they, they they added the additional teams for playoffs, um, um, one each conference. But um, just want to get your thoughts and opinions of the playing tournament with the NBA. Um, given the ninth and tenth seed a chance to make uh, the playoffs, you know, where you go through a 72-game season, is is that not long enough to let the seventh seed and the eighth seed not have to fight for their position um, in the playoffs? So I think, it, uh, I think it would be cool to do the playoff because it's usually an 82-game season. And when – like, you never know what would happen in them last 10 games. And it's, like, highly favorites for the seventh HC because they just got to win one time. And uh, you win the first game for the seventh HC that you win. And then you lose the f- first game for the seventh HC. Then you just got to beat the team from nine and ten. So, I think it's still, like, you should be able to beat them even though you can't have a bad game. But I think it's a good idea since it's ten games shorter. And I know a lot of people don't like it, but, I mean, my Mavericks was in ninth place, tenth place. I'd be happy. I'd be happy about it. <laughs> hey, but we in fifth place, though. We in yeah, fifth yeah. Place. I mean, we ain't playing around with them scrubs in the bottom. Hey, man, just hopefully we take care of these calves, man. Cause oh man, yeah, that our number, man. Yeah, let, let me go ahead and stop talking right there. <laughs> let me let me go ahead and stop. But I see. This is why I love interviewing athletes guys that are in the game been in the game because they offer so much different insight like what you just said i never thought about that honestly what you just said i never thought about it shortened season guys who or teams that could possibly be in the playoffs but now they're given that still given a chance to possibly still get to the playoffs i never thought about it like that now of course dallas better than everybody but the league caught got a little bit of luck they caught covid and everybody lucas still giving paul george the business making him play twister like it's family night he's gotten russell westbrook out of here he's gotten he's gotten everybody he's getting everybody the business man you just sit mm-hmm. down tyloo grab your popcorn don't bother coaching you ain't good uh just all, all the business man i love what the mavericks have been doing I'm excited, man. I'm ready for the playoffs to start. I want the Nuggets or I want the Clippers. That actually leads me into my next question, man. What first-round series – this is first round, not like what you want to see in the entire playoffs, but first round, who do you want with all your might to see the Mavericks play? Because I asked a couple of guys this. I've always said the Clippers because I just dislike the Clippers. (laughs) I hate them. Uh, This team – I'll admit, this team plays its best basketball when they play the Clippers. And the way they're playing now – Added J.J. Reddick, Dorian Finney-Smith's going off. I mean, I man, ooh, Marcus Moore. <laughs> but I'm ready. I want to hear your take. Man, I do not want to play the Clippers. <laughs> we do not want to see them. Like, the way they defend, and they're so aggressive, man. And, like, I don't know. That's, like, weak of weakness, man. Hey, like, but he that's just, what they said last year. He still gave them like, the business. He, he did, but, like, he was quiet a little bit. Like, they – I mean, they contained him a tiny bit, but – 
be I, like, I just don't want to see the Clippers or the Lakers if the Lakers healthy. Anybody else, I think we will match a good way, be able to handle. But like that AD, like I just don't have faith in our big man that much, man. Like a well, real big man in there, rebounding, blocking shots. You. Like, <laughs> like we ain't got no rebounding when it come down to like last shot of the game. Team miss a shot, they probably get an offensive rebound and get another chance. Like, so anybody except the Lakers and the Clippers. <laughs> no. No, I, I agree. I, I think I want – I would prefer the Nuggets since Jamal Murray's out for the season. I think most Mavs fans would agree. I think that that's their best chance of winning a series for the first time since the championship season. So, I mean, obviously, like, like it's important that you hold on to this five seed because, you know, that, that's a uh, – that, that's, that's an interesting <clears throat> angle of it is – you know, the Nuggets are pretty banged up. Will Barton's missed some time. And obviously, mm-hmm. Paul Murray's done for the season, <clears throat> which kind of segues me into one of the other things I wanted to ask you about. Um, and it's kind of real tied. It's tied into Dwight Powell, where we've seen him. He's coming back from his Achilles injury. He's been a lot better ever over the, as the season's gone. He had a rough start. But, I mean, he was yeah. not that far removed from an Achilles injury, which is – one of the more devastating injuries an athlete can suffer. Now, have you, what's, talk about what it's like rehabbing from a, have you ever had a serious injury that you had to have a big surgery and rehab and go through? So I had a big injury, but they like put me under and checked and see if uh, I had to get surgery for it. So they like tested it out and said like, it should be able to heal without surgery. What's up? Yeah, you can get a snack and then get ready to go to bed. Y'all go watch a movie in a family room. I mean, in y'all movie room upstairs. Okay. But yeah, so I uh, <laughs> I uh, had a, I tore my labrum in my hip and I didn't have to have surgery, but I was out for like three months rehab and, and being injured is tough because you want to hurry up and get back. And then when you do get back, you're still playing and you're going to be hurt a little bit. It's not going to be back 100% pretty much that whole entire year. And you still want to play and contribute, but you got to like figure out how to balance, like fighting through the injury and what's supposed to feel this way, like from uh, playing through it when you still got to balance. Like, should I take this time off and let it heal a little bit more? But like all people who play sports usually are very competitive and they want to take as little time off as possible. So like you usually battling through injuries throughout the whole season, even when you've been rehabbing for the injury for Mm -hmm. three weeks, three months. Like, you're still going to come back hurt. Like, it's just inevitable. Like, unless you really take, like, a whole, they say a three, four-month injury, you got to take, like, an extra month off if you want to be fully healed. And I I think there's no better example of this than Dwight Powell. I mean, he's been so much better uh, since he's come back. I mean, he's had a – they rushed him back, I feel like, where they didn't ease him in. I mean, he was in the starting lineup night one, which – Look, obviously, in hindsight, he shouldn't have been. Um, so, I mean, obviously, with Dwight Powell, I mean, he he's needed time. And, again, you've never had a serious Achilles injury. But, I mean, a, a, anyone anyone that watches and competes with sports knows that how devastating that injury can be to an athlete. Yeah, man. Uh, like, if you got to just think that it's going to take some time to get your bearings back uh, from an injury like that. Like, you got to get all the – even though you're practicing, you still got to get all the trust in a regular game with it, the confidence in it that it ain't going to give out, that you could jump up as high as you want. 
any given time and you're still going to be good because that was a what no contact injury. So you just got to you just got to be able to get that confidence and that mind state right that you're going to be OK out there. You're going to be good. And it's going to take time after injury like that. And yeah, absolutely. And I know it seems like a lot a lot of these questions have been like from the perspective of a professional athlete where it's like indirectly related to the Mavs. And I do think it's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously, obviously I'm not a professional athlete. So like, I don't know what goes through these guys' minds in all these different situations. And another interesting situation, which uh, kind of applies to Tim Hardaway, where we've seen him play a lot better towards the end of the season is yeah. uh, he's in a contract year. And you were just, you just played a season on the franchise tag. And you also just got paid. <laughs> you, you, you got so congratulations <laughs> on that, first of all. I uh, uh, appreciate you, it. You got a nice reward to a great season. Uh, so congratulations on that for you and your family. Is there – do athletes – I guess it probably depends from player to player, but do athletes generally approach contract years differently? Because, I mean, we're seeing a different Tim Hardaway lately, and you're coming off a year which you played under – the biggest contract year that I can think of in sports when they put the franchise tag on you, which obviously the franchise tag is not a punishment. People act like the franchise tag is a punishment. It's like, dude, you just got top five money at your position for a, for a year. I mean, that's obviously you love the franchise, tag, <laughs> but I mean, th there's a lot of pressure when you play on the franchise tag or in just the contract year. Can you talk about an athlete's mentality playing in a contract year? So in a contract year, you just got to, just go out there. First of all, you just got to stay healthy, even though you really can't control that. You stay healthy because getting hurt would be pretty much the end of any long term, anything that you want and the amount of money that you want. So just stay healthy. But then I just come out there and just I just treat it normal. I just play football and I'm pretty sure he's just playing basketball, just having fun with it. And once you're having fun with it, that's when you pretty much had the most success that you pretty much will have in the game because you're just enjoying it. You're having fun. It's like you're not stressing at all when you stress about it and put it in the front of your mind. That's when you start doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing. That's when you start looking bad out there because you're trying to make stuff happen. When you just relax and play your game and have fun, that's when it just fall into place. So my contract, yeah, I just went out there, tapped into my inner kid. I was like, man, if I was eight years old, I would have killed for this opportunity. So I just started thinking about when I was younger, what I would have did with this opportunity. And I started playing the game as if, I was in that age frame again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know how you feel about it, Shaq, but Nate, I hate the franchise tag. I hate it. I mean, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of it. I mean, stop trying to prolong my contract. Stop trying to tell Agreed. me to prove it. I'm trying to tell. I already proved it. Pay me or I'll walk. I was the biggest advocate for Dak not getting the franchise. Shaq, I was even the biggest advocate for you not getting the franchise. Chris Godwin not getting the franchise because, obviously, I wanted you on my team. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, hey, that's, I hate the franchise tag. Get rid of it. Stop. Get rid of it. NBA don't got it. Put, implement that in the NFL. Easy. Yeah. Let guys get their contract, get their money, and end of it. I, I will say, I, I don't know if I, I don't know uh, how much uh, Shaq hated the, the, the franchise tag when he signed that that 18 million dollar contract. <laughs> no, I, I hated that thing, though, man. I liked it because I was getting the money and I had that was more money than I ever made. But it was like, yeah, it's taking away a year that I could have had a, a contract for four years, some stability. Bingo. And then 
that year now is making my contract year four years later. So now it's a whole nother four years now. And the chance of me wearing up for another big deal was slimmer. So I mean, I don't like the con the franchise tag, but we blew up when we did our CBA. We only cared about a lot being able to smoke weed and <laughs> that's the only thing that we changed in the CBA. <laughs> they gave us that small win and kept everything else the same. So the whole debate that me and Nate had over Dak Prescott, that just went just in the air. Because Shaq just validated it. I hate it. It is a lot of money. But I don't see you giving that guy a one-year deal. I don't see you giving that guy the franchise. I'm possibly the most. Shaq is the second most important position on the team. I Man, I want that check. I don't want the franchise. I want guaranteed five <laughs> years. That's what I uh-huh. want. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stuff. I like. I I commit, man, Shaq. I was happy for you when I got it because I just hate the franchise tag for players, man. I I wish NBA never tries to say, man, let's be like the NFL, like they did with the playing <laughs> and get the franchise because I'm gonna be livid. I hate it. Yeah, man. I think the NFL do everything good, man. I mean, not the NFL, the NBA. I love the way they take care of their players, the way the players, like, have say and really mean stuff. Like, the NBA do everything the right way. We really do need to take a lot of pages out there, but. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we let you go, uh, before we let you go, Shaq, we we do need to get an audio signature from you. But I did want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, This this was fun. I really enjoyed talking to you. I think I can speak for the the whole team here that – Really appreciate you giving you some of your time. And we'll, we'll let you get back to your family and meet them up in the movie room or wherever you <laughs> sent them up to give you some time, man. Oh, I appreciate it, man. And I enjoyed kicking it with y'all, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that was great talking talking sports and talking Mavs with you. Uh, remember, as always, you can get me on Twitter at Nate underscore Sant 77. Lando, where, where can we get you on Twitter? 6-5 Lando. Michael? At Underdog Sports 4. And, uh, and Shaq, where can we get you on Twitter? I know you got a decent following out there. <laughs> I, uh, I think my Twitter handle is Shaquille Barrett. I think I changed it at Shaquille Barrett. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's what that is. Absolutely. Well, uh, again, uh, if you're listening, uh, make sure to uh, download, subscribe, give good reviews, and, uh, and keep interacting with the content on Twitter. Uh, and we will see you guys next week on the Mavs Fans for Life podcast. You might never understand it. Yeah, Today tastes like heading out the door and driving into town. It tastes like grabbing snacks and a Coke and singing as loud as you can. Today tastes like anything could happen. And it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca-Cola. Wherever you're going this week, don't forget to grab an ice-cold, refreshing Coca-Cola from 7-Eleven. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.